Good evening. You are listening to a Rattlegion Broadcasting premiere podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And joining me tonight to discuss to discuss our favorite show, Tee Hee Ha Ha Ho Ho, isn't that funny? <laughs> our favorite show is, of course, WWE Extreme Rules, with only one extreme match because 2021 in the WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, that pillar of positivity from our Canadian office, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, how do you do, how do you do, how do you do? And boy, am I going to be super positive over this one, Mark. I'm telling you right now, positivity is definitely how we're starting this show. Just just so positive. You're so positive, positives. you're practically eternal. <laughs> eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> fighting, fighting, trying to be positive. Fighting, fighting. <laughs> Soul uh. breaking. <laughs> All right. So um, did you catch the um, the pre-show match with Liv Morgan and Carmella? I did. What are what are they doing? Like, remember back in the day when kickoff shows used to try to sell the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Can, can you imagine selling your show on the back of Liv Morgan versus Carmella in an eight minute match? I have a slightly different issue with with the WWE. So the WWE is trying to make themselves like I don't I don't know if you have sports in Canada. I know you have hockey. Um, you <laughs> what might an asshole. because you're. You're like a province of the United Kingdom. Um, I think you guys also might have cricket. Am I am I correct about that, or is that just the Indians? Nobody. Pl- oh my god! I'm I'm stepping off this one. You're, you're, you are what? On your it, own. Indians from India. I I don't understand. We we have a, we have crossed the undiscovered country, sir. We are not talking anything about that. I'm Canadian. I want my life after this show. <laughs> Anyway, not my not my head in a paper bag with a VHS tape of my death. No. All right. All right. So when you're not playing with your GoBots, do you ever watch sports, Chris Bailey? Uh, professional wrestling, um, maybe no, some uh, no mixed, real sports, <laughs> real, real mixed, sports, mixed martial arts. Yes, I okay. watch those too. No, I don't watch real sports. No, okay. absolutely not. Okay, so if you watch, so like I watch the boxing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And... No 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 no. I will watch an occasional boxing. Okay. So you know absolutely. how like in a boxing broadcast or even like. You know, if you watch a more modern UFC, especially since they they when they were on when they were on Fox uh, for all that time, but just about any modern sports now, they have like a pre pre mid and post show panel giving analysis of Correct. the sport, the game, the match, right? Right. And you know they bring in legends, they have professional commentators, and they mix it up and they have a conversation. Um, to you know, to to kind of just build out the flavor of the show, right? But here's the thing: it's real analysis by real people about a real thing that's about to happen. So when they say, "I have some thoughts about uh, Canelo versus Caleb Plant," I have seen Canelo fight before, and so here's what I think will happen when he steps into the ring with Caleb Plant. Okay, well, I have some thoughts about Caleb Plant that I'd like to share. And they go back and forth, and they, you know, and they discuss, and they argue a little bit, and they go, okay, well, now let's go to the match, and let's see who's going to win. We don't know, because it's fucking real. It's real, Chris Bailey. The WWE decided to mimic that 
with their like pre mid and post show panels like their whole like the kickoff thing used to be hi i'm jim ross i i'm jerry the king lawler let's have a match by the pay-per-view okay yep. <laughs> right exactly and, and it used to be available for free like remember when this used to be on sunday night heat because people hadn't bought the pay-per-view yet and they're like hey they're they're they're, they're here's a free match that everyone can see go to the pay-per-view and buy you know and, and buy the main event you know, by because Bret gen- Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Generally, you'd get like a part of an angle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You'd get you'd get somebody rolling into the arena. You'd get a match that set it up that show you, you know, the arena and the vibe. You know, they're they're selling you on the entire card. I mean, it's a real hot sell, right? And yet, and now where that doesn't exist, that we have prepaid money shows. You right. know what I mean? The money's already made. Peacock already made gave them their cash, and and so the pre shows have- on Peacock. Right, and they have no investment. No, yeah, right, exactly. So you've already paid your money. So right. what is the purpose of the pre-show? There is literally none anymore. Right, you don't so, need to sell it. And then well, who mo- are you building for? And it's just one match. So they're not even getting like extra. Pe- like this was a seven-match card. They got one extra match on this thing. So two people got to be, you know, like. And there's so it's not like it's like a bat. It's not like a battle royal. You know what I mean? You know, or like right. a six-man tag or an eight-man tag. Or it's like something where we can get a bunch of people on the card that we just don't have time for in the eight-hour broadcast we're about to do. Um, sorry, I hate the WWE. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, the point that I'm getting to is I was actually watching and listening to... I was home by myself. like my, my Not by myself. My kids were in their rooms. They, it was a Sunday night, and they were ready to go to bed. My wife was out for her birthday. So, like, no one was chattering in my ear, and I wasn't really engaged with anybody else, and I wasn't on my phone, and I was actually just... That's why I'm making a big deal about this. I was just just watching, and I was listening. And I'm like, they are trying to sell you on, by God, real-time sports analysis for the fake wrestling show that we're about to watch. And they're talking... But but meanwhile, while that's happening, you got Liv Morgan and Carmella in the ring while they're doing this kickoff show. So continue on. So, like, they're they're like, well... let me tell you the story about the friends that I met while I was doing um, extra work acting uh, oh, when I was so. in Los Angeles. So, yeah, I'm on a set for a movie, and um, I meet these two guys, and we met because we were talking, you know, we were talking wrestling. And it turns out we were all wrestling fans, and it was around the time of the infamous Halloween Havoc with Hogan and the Warrior and Goldberg and Diamond Dallas Page. Right. And so, after the shoot... I was like, hey, you guys want to come to my house and watch the pay-per-view? They're like, that would be great. And now I'm making friends in Los Angeles. This is just wonderful. And me and the one guy are like, you know, we're talking about Paige versus Goldberg. And I'm like, you know, I don't remember what the exact thing I said was. But I was just like, hey, maybe it's time to put the title back on Goldberg. Paige has had it for a little while. Um, you know... You've already got Hogan Warrior, the rematch on the card. I'm like, I, you know, like we're like we're talking about it like people who you know who we're talking about non-kfab like you know like this is this will be the story like the way you and i would talk about it right right my friend goes this other guy this other weirdo goes i don't know man goldberg can hit that spear from anywhere but diamond dallas page could hit that diamond cutter from anywhere uh we're like mark yeah yeah if we're like i Sure, he'll hit it from wherever they tell him to hit it because it's not real. And he and like we're we're talking a little bit more. And he goes back to like he just keeps bringing up stuff like it's a real fight. We're like, 
Okay, you're either insane or retarded. I'm not really sure which. Um, <laughs> and that's all I could think about while watching this is like they are like leaning in, and then and then of course Booker T yells out "Shucky Ducky Quack Quack." Um, <laughs> and it's so well, funny because I, like, I, I think Booker T is going to snap one of these days and be like, "It's not real," and like flip the table over. <laughs> I get the opposite. So I, I, you know, I work with, you know, about 150 to 160 people a day. So well, I get all walks of life. So you get, you know, you get the insane wrestling fan who's the book of knowledge, who knows his ring of honors, mm-hmm. who knows his new Japan, you know, okay. can recite every title change. And then you get the Mark who's, you know, generally interested. You know, he thinks that, you know, professional wrestling is real. And, you know, Steve Austin is going to come and stun everybody. You know, every single, every single pay-per-view, yeah, Steve Austin's going to come out. I know it. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Wait 20 stop? years for Steve Austin to come back, huh? And then you got the curious guy on the end of the couch who's listening intently on the pay-per-view. And the only thing he has to offer to the conversation is, Buzz, you know, this is not real, right? <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> Are you even in the world in 2021 where we haven't that discussion? I don't understand. Thank anyway. you for your brilliant insight, eh? A. <laughs> Guys, you know, this is not real, right? Oh, my God. Son, shut up. Just hand him his snowshoes and tell him to be on his way. <laughs> I love it. All right. So my other issue, I, I just all I can talk about is this first match because the rest of this, meh. But this first match, <clears throat> it gave me a lot to think about. While I was while I was pining for my wife to come home from her birthday dinner by the door like a dog, um, <laughs> I missed my wife and I was alone. Chris. Anyway, um, was she bringing was she bringing you food, Mark Radley? Just no, they were waiting no, at the door. No, there was food on the table. She had ordered me a steak from Beefo Brady. Beefo Brady. She was she Ooh. was good. She, she on left, her birthday. On her birthday, she made sure I was taken care of, and and yet I was alone, Chris Bailey. Anyway, <laughs> people listen to this like, are they ever going to talk about the match? Yes. <laughs> so didn't they try to do something with Liv Morgan a couple of months ago to try to differentiate her from the other 87 blondes on this, on this, uh, in this company? And, sh- and it lasted about a week. And now she's just random blonde who I, like Mandy Rhodes, Rose had the, uh, had the sense to dye her hair color so she doesn't look like every other woman on the roster yes. anymore. Correct. But I feel like Liv Morgan is now just like create a rest, create a wrestler blonde girl. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, I don't know what she is, what she does, why anyone would like her, or what is the purpose of having her. Carmella at least still has the "I'm the Queen of Staten Island" stink on her. But <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of get you know, and she's been an obnoxious heel for a while now. That's like all she ever is is not is an obnoxious heel. So at right. the very least, she's a good looking babe, obnoxious heel. But I couldn't pick Liv Morgan out of a lineup if she punched one of my children. I like I don't no. get it. And this is the problem. Like we're 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 going backwards. So you know we're we're supposed to think that the era of the diva is long gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we're so we're. You'd never know it with Liv Morgan coming to the ring because she looks like she's plucked out of, you know, 2011, for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, when we're we're having the, the Divas title. I was waiting for Paige to come out with that stupid, <laughs> you know, butterfly title and defend the belt against her. I mean, it, we're, we're going backwards with her look. And she's had so many gimmick changes. She's gone from, uh, you know, Riot Squad member to, you know, the jovial NXT girl who used to skip to the ring with the suspenders. Mm-hmm. And uh, then all of a sudden, she... 
was repackaged as this crazy lesbian, the storyline which was dropped out of nowhere, <laughs> and then she went back to the riot squad, and Ruby went away, and now she's just Liv Morgan floating in the abyss. Yeah, with no with no reason to exist. Now that I, now that you say that, now that I, now that I've gotten the whole history of Liv Morgan in two minutes or less, I think I know what <laughs> I think I know what her her gimmick is. Are you ready? Are you ready for her gimmick? I think I understand what her character is. You ready? What is it? Go. F- future endeavored. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, she won here. She won here, but yes. Al, so did Bronson Reed right before they cut him. I don't want to hear it. A-E-Dub. A-E-Dub. What? Wait a second. I don't even think sure. that. Like, why would they want? I mean, unless they're really trying to boost up their women's division. Like, that's my point. Like, a lot of who they have in AEW, like, I can tell you who they are. Even the Japanese ones. Like, I'm not Jim Cornette. I can tell the difference between Japanese women. I swear I can. Um... But they all have a different look. They all have a different gimmick. They may not all be Correct. great in the ring. None, none of these, you know, the exception of a very few are, like, real good technicians. But I, they all have distinctive looks. Riho looks like a child bride. I get it. You know, then you have the other lady with the parachute genie pants. Um, then you have the girl and, who dresses up as what's-his-face from Queen. And then you have Mulan. No, don't, for, don't, don't forget missing Mulan, who's missing in action. Hasn't been yeah. seen since, you know, 2019. <laughs> right, and then you have the you, know, you have the alien, the bunny. Like I, I know the difference between all of these women. Right, I. If you throw Liv Morgan in there, like she doesn't, she doesn't stand out there. She doesn't stand out in the WWE. Like she looks like she may, might do better in like TNA. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't have a lot of tiny blondes in TNA right now. Do, do you want me to know why I can't? I didn't just randomly come up with AEW. So, mm-hmm. who did we see when Ruby Riot? debuted on AEW. Who was in the backstage waiting for her? Who? Sarah Logan with Baby oh, right, in okay. Hand. Right? Uh, okay. Wanted her friend to do well. If you're future endeavoring Liv Morgan, she's mm-hmm. definitely going to go with her friends. I can guarantee you that if Riot Squad her. for life. Oh, oh, yeah, they'll take her, of course. Well, listen, there's always spots on Dark, right? Hanging True. out with the Dark Order. I was going <laughs> yeah, to say, you're not wrong. That now that I think about it, they have like 107 hours of television to fill. They could they could put her on yes. Elevation or Dark or whatever other new thing that they're coming up with. So, plus, you know, it might turn out that after dealing with Britt Baker and her goons, that Ruby Rose needs goons too. So they can reunite the Riot Squad. What you think of the match? All eight minutes. Oh, of abs- oh, just nothing. I mean, just I mean, Carmella is like this is divas. This is a divas match. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there, there's nothing of the women's revolution that you'll see in this match. This is old-school hair-pulling, you know, axe kick, maybe a boot to the face. That's about as high as this thing gets. Uh, Do-nothing match. And, you know, Liv Morgan gets a win here for reasons that I'm unaware of. Um, my next complaint, I have a list, is when is Big E, who is our, your current champion, in one of these yep. moves where, like, Hey, our rate. We didn't think there was a floor, but we found it, and we continue to drill down into ever levels of lack of ratings. So let's let's make a switch here. We need we need a we need one of those big raw like Mick Foley wins the title switches. So we'll put the title. We'll take the title off of Bobby Lashley for no good reason, and we'll put yep. it on Big E because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, got it. When are they going to define B E Big E as his own man? And not the big guy in the new day, because well, currently he's the big guy in the new day. Again. Do you want me to tell you when? When <clears throat> I will tell you exactly when. Right after this brand split that's happening, 
right after the draft because the reason why we have the New Day so close together all of a sudden again because they had tried to separate them, okay, mm-hmm. with the brand split. They tried everything in the world. One was on, you know, you had the two guys on the other guys, Kofi and uh, Xavier over on SmackDown. You had Big E over on Raw. You know, you had, or, or vice versa, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, all of a sudden they were put together. So they're shoehorned back together. We got the world champion. The New Day is out, you know, indiscriminately. But I think where they're headed is is a complete split here. So I think this will be the barbershop window situation here eventually. Uh, if they don't turn them heel, they're just going to separate them with a brand. So I think this is the the technically right for the moment, the last hurrah, and that's why we got this particular thing. And if you watch Monday Night Raw, which you probably didn't, <laughs> um, you got not. to see that you got to see that Bobby Lashley was also reunited with a certain twosome. So the Hurt Business is back, baby. Oh, cool. It's back in business. They showed up they, to dispatch the New Day over on the Raw. So that was a, that was a wonderful moment. All right. So I so, so but um I got a I got a very angry text last night. What what, you, what is it when you get it from a chat though? Is it still a text? Well, it's just a message, like a okay. like a. Right. I got an angry message last night in a bottle. Okay, from Sting. <laughs> no, um, not that Sting. The other Sting. I've got to. I'm I'm lost. Yeah. Um, all right, so. Um, I got an angry message from uh, one of your favorite people, who shall remain nameless, because it's not the point. And he was like, I'm mad. And I said, why are you so mad? And he said, I'm so mad because do you know who's, ne- who's next uh, Biggie's feud is? That wasn't English. Do you know who Biggie is feuding with next? And I, and I said... Um, who? And he said, Drew fucking McIntyre. And I was like, uh, I don't know why you're mad about this, but I'll indulge. Go on. (laughs) Take me out by the side of the barn and shoot me. (laughs) Um, so anyway, so, so am I to believe it? Hang on one second. So explain this to me, Chris. If they reunited the Hurt Business and they still have Biggie mixed up with Bobby Lashley as they should, because they shouldn't just take the title off of him and then forget him, um, why is he transitioning to Drew McIntyre of all people? Because we're about to hit draft season, so <clears throat> the draft is going to dictate exactly what's going on here. So chances are you should see Mr. Lashley and possibly the new uh, reunited Hurt Business headed over to SmackDown or vice versa. Maybe New Day or a fraction of the New Day or parts of the New Day uh, are going to be splintered here. So you know, th- I think this, like I said, I think this is the reason why we're seeing the the convergence of the New Day once again. Maybe for the for just a little bit of a last hurrah here, but I think we will finally finally get to see a definitive singles biggie. I hope so. Um, like I said, I I think when you know what this feels like to me, this feels like when Triple H won the won the title for the first time, but he still just felt like you know Triple Triple H post. It, it felt like that in between time of Triple H in. Um, DX 2.0, but not quite what he would become. There was that in-between time where, where, where Triple H was just sort of ill-defined, and they put the title on him anyway because it was kind of time, but he still didn't have, like... It was it was kind of the same old thing. It was a, he, he was kind of stale. He was just the same old Triple H, but with a belt. And it wasn't really until 
him and Stephanie hooked up and became the authority, uh, that you know, the Stephanie McMahon Helmsley era, that there was a fresh uh, coat of paint on his there was a fresh coat of paint on his character. And that's kinda how Big E feels to me, Chris. It just feels like they just threw a belt on one of the guys in the new day, and at this point it doesn't even really matter who. Like Big E, I need an, I need some new character. I need I need a twist on Big E that makes him interesting because right now he's just the big power lifter in sneakers that gyrates his hips, which is the exact same guy he was in the New Day. You know what I mean, Chris? I, I do, but think about this. The reason why Big E has that belt is because of our friends across the pond in AEW. So the, if you talk about, you know, they, they don't want to talk about reacting to, you know, AEW's, you know, little minimal steps forward in the ratings, okay? So AEW is finally starting to, you know, show some key demographic moves and all this type of thing. And one of their strategies was to have Big E announce ahead of time that he was just going to absolutely cash in the money in the bank and hopefully draw some ratings and, you know, maybe clean up that key demographic that they're starting to get trampled on by AEW. It was, I would say not a success, but reasonably a little bit more successful than what they've been doing previous weeks. So it's just a exercise in futility at the moment. But I will tell you this, you know, there's something in Big E, but like you said, we will not see that until he completely and utterly separates himself from the New Day a la Barbershop Window. Yeah. See, I disagree. Well, hey, 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 speaking of Barbershop Windows, how about an introduction? How about I let the people know you're here? How about I ask you a question? Like, how you doing, Harry Broadhurst of the kickoff? It, it's a run-in. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I think Big E can still remain... I think Big E can still remain a part of the New Day and actually have a, uh, a run with the championship while still keeping the characteristics that defined him. It worked well for Kofi Kingston. I mean, granted, Kofi's booking once he became champion wasn't exactly the greatest, but his run up to the championship in Kofi Mania was some of the best book stuff that WWE's done in the last couple of years. So I don't I was, I was, I was, I was going to say, Harry, did it really work with Kofi? I, I, would, I would disagree with that. I think it was I think the I think the run up to the title worked with Kofi, and I think that Big E is in a much better position to be successful than Kofi is because Big E has a much better look that the WWE appreciates compared to Kofi's look. Okay, so boys, two things. One, you're both pretty. Okay, don't fight. You're both pretty. Two, um, <laughs> uh, Kofi Kofi's run up to the title worked the same way Becky Lynch's uh, push worked. It was. Be- it wasn't because of who. It- it was somewhat because of who they were, but it was more because of who they were feuding with and who was getting pushed at the time. Kofi got popular because it was anybody but whoever was running around at the time with the title. And people were like, please, for the love of God, somebody that we can buy into. I think also somebody got injured and Kofi had to take their spot in the, in the elimination chamber. And it, it was like suddenly everyone became very much like aware that this, could, this was a possibility. And All it was right. like anybody but whoever is escaping my memory right now, which was the exact same issue you had with Becky Lynch, which was anyone but Charlotte. Go. Okay. Um, the man running around with the title then was Daniel Bryan, so I somehow doubt that. No, there was another people. People, I remember this. People were sick of somebody. <laughs> the person that the person that he uh, replaced in the Elimination Chamber was Mustafa Ali. There was somebody there, Harry. There was somebody there that everyone hated. And when there was an opportunity for... Uh... Okay, who am I thinking about then that they were going to put in there with Daniel Bryan that they ended up switching to Kofi at WrestleMania? Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. 
Um, that may end up being the case because I believe it was supposed to be Brian and Seamus again. Maybe. Oh, Jesus. Maybe. Oh, Jesus. I feel like it was Brock Lesnar, but <laughs> that, that just that just might be my own like my own go to thing. All I remember I, was <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I I do agree with Chris on one thing that he said though. Yeah. Oh hi Chris. How you doing? Um I agree with him about the fact that I think the hurt business is gonna get drafted to SmackDown. In full. Uh, maybe. All right, let's actually talk about the match. So the New Day, after all that, took on Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. And every time I see Omos now, I feel like it, like like as soon as they're comfortable with him wrestling a competent enough match by himself, it's going to be throw all the titles at him everywhere. Like I, I just like this is for me the new like Kevin Nash as Shawn Michaels heater, where they're just, we're just waiting for him to get just enough adult legs, adult deer legs under him so that they can push him to the moon. To the moon, Chris Bailey, as Cameron Grimes would say. Um, I just, uh, that, that, that's what I'm thinking. It's just like, I'm watching this and I'm watching the New Day and I'm watching Lashley and AJ Styles and I feel like AJ Styles, much like Kevin Owens, is just waiting for that contract to go so that he can either go to AEW or just retire and I'm looking at the new day, and it's like same old thing. And, I, and all I can see in this match is almost. And I'm just, and all I can see is guys in the back, like Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, are just like, please be good enough that we can trust you to have a singles run. Please, that's all we want out of life is this eight foot tall guy to be good enough that we can push to the moon. What do you think, Chris? Oh my God, are you being serious? I am. Almas, almost makes Giant Gonzalez look like Carl Gotch. <laughs> absolute and uh, like he's he's barely a heater uh, mm-hmm. i can't wait for get this guy off my screen now listen think about this match so you had the new day okay you brought back the hurt business on raw what you should have done here was have the hurt the, the new day you know challenge bobby lashley and two partners of his choice and reunite the hurt business here and carry over that feud on raw but instead, you brought in for no reason whatsoever AJ Styles and the useless, useless human sack of turd, Omos, which does not belong on my screen. This is what is an embarrassment. This is typical of WWE booking. And when you compare this to the competition that's happening right now in the professional wrestling world, this is why you're sitting on a, on a ratings bottom right now. This stuff just like this. And shame on them for having a talent like AJ Styles in the mix of this trash here on the pay-per-view. But <laughs> thank God he was here to hold up the fort because Omos certainly didn't. What did you think of the match, Harry? And how long before we are revisiting 1995 with an almost year-long world title run? Uh, Raw beat Grand Slam in the ratings, so dead that. Second of all... Um, beat, beat, the, beat them in the overall ratings. Beat them in the 18-49 to 49 as well. It was oh no on one part on Rampage only. Well, SmackDown obliterated Rampage, but Rampage is the B show. Besides the point. Um, back to the, the actual match itself. Uh you're hope they're hoping Kevin Nash. I'm thinking more great Collie. I'm sure you are, but I I speak for the trees, and the trees in this case is management. Uh, there, there's definitely hope that uh, Omos is going to be the next big guy, the next big. Uh, super monster champion there but I just I, I don't see it and the reason I say I don't see it is because I just I don't think that 
I don't think he's going to show enough personality to be able to to go above and beyond tag team wrestler or lower uh, or lower mid card kind of guy as a singles. Maybe they can give him a manager like Cameron Grimes or somebody. <laughs> They're definitely going to have to give the heater a heater. Yeah, for uh, sure. The match itself, I, I kind of see where Chris is coming from in regards to reuniting the Hurt Business the night before, but I think that works better as a surprise on Raw when you bring back uh, Cedric and Shelton. I but do they, think but they, that they, they, didn't, they didn't give him a reason for being on Raw, is what I'm saying. They, they just showed up. And I think that that actually works better, though. And the reason being is that it's been kind of teased that the Hurt Business was going to reunite as well. Because with MVP out, then Bobby Lashley's making the decisions right now. And I'm curious to see how this is going to play out when MVP comes back. Maybe it's MVP pulling the strings in his absence. Rumor has it people thought this was the best match, match on the card, Harry. Did you did you actually <laughs> talk about everything but the match? Have you liked, did you actually like the match itself? I was getting into the match. I was getting there. Um, Were you Greg Valentine? I... I, I, I Yes, it takes me about it takes me about five minutes to get started. Um, I actually did enjoy the match, but I don't think it was the best match on the show. Okay. And the reason I don't think, and the reason I don't think it was in the best the best match on the show is I don't think it was placed in a position to be the best match on the show because of the length of the match. The match went almost seventeen minutes, and I think that if you're going to have these six men face off, I think that something harder hitting and quicker would have been better service to them, rather than having them drag this out. Like when um. Both members of the New Day hit the flipping dives. I was waiting for them to go to commercial. It felt like a raw match. Mm-hmm. It it picked up at the end, but it felt like a raw match at the very start there. And uh, and I was waiting for it to uh, get started. And it took a while to get there. Speaking of Greg Valentine, um, Chris, I'm going to defend Omos here. I know shock, but I'm going to defend Omos, and I'm going to say that I think for what they wanted him to do, and I think. You know, AJ Styles, as we talked about, and I think our last review, you know, about like little guy, but the mania of WrestleMania uh, six and seven, you know, we talked about like Mr. Perfect creating the movement for, you know, bigger guys and all of that. AJ Styles bumped his, his ass off here, um, which is kind of what he's meant to do when he's in there with almost Bobby Lashley did his part. And as unexcited as I am by the new day, as it's for me, just feels like stale bread. Um, when you actually watch them wrestle, they wrestle. I mean, are there three better, more cohesive guys right now in wrestling than the New Day? They've been together for so long that you know they finish each other's sentences, they feed each other soup. It's it, they're 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 great to watch. And if you don't think about it, it's it's kind of like a crap action movie. You know, if you don't think about it, if you don't analyze it, if you just want to be entertained for two hours on a Sunday on your couch, the New Day are great. And they and I thought they worked. I thought all six of these guys, for what they were supposed to be doing all worked really, really well together. Um, I don't have a major yeah. complaint with the actual wrestling here, Chris. No, 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 no. Neither do I. So, I mean, I mean, fairly solid. It's just pointless. Well, what, what's the reason for this thing to exist? It, okay. it doesn't have a reason to exist. I mean, this, this should have been, if you were selling a pay-per-view, I would have put this on the opener. And that would have been a hot damn opener. I would have, you know, at least attempted to want to spend my money on a pay-per-view. But these are bot shows, so Liv Morgan and Carmella. But and this jerks the curtain. See, I don't understand why. See, they. I honestly think they should have swapped the next match with this one, and maybe another one, and put this more closer to the middle. But uh, we have the Usos. Speaking of stale, the Usos taking on the Street Profits. Let me tell you, yeah. Harry. I, all, every time I look at the Street Profits, all I all I wish is for the alternate universe where the Street Profits and Private Party wrestle each other. 
That's all I. It's all I care about. It's all I want to see, and then I, and then I probably don't ever want to see it again. But uh, I, I because I don't watch the the weekly program. It's been months, 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 months since I've seen the Street Profits in action, and I see the Usos every time I turn on the television. So was it an okay match? Sure, it was fine. Um, this went about thirteen minutes forty five seconds for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, and I don't in, at, at the risk of repeating myself all throughout this review it was just fine it was adequate it was serviceable it was a wwe tag team match in 2021 harry see i disagree i think this was the best match on the show Ugh. and the reason i say that is the usos and the street profits have some of the best chemistry going on the company right now and they've run this match uh they've run this match twice on pay-per-view now and once on smackdown and in my opinion all three matches have been bangers what do you think, Chris? Whew. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I guess I hate the product. I, I, I guess I guess I don't want any of this on my screen anymore. I, it's not fresh. It's not new. It's been on my screen too many times. The Street Profits feel like, like, like just nothingness, like empty air. Like as soon as they finished up this, the whole thing with the Viking Raiders and all that stuff, I, I completely lost interest in the entire, you know, we want the smoke. It became just something that I didn't want to see on my screen anymore. And every time I see them, it, it I have that little that little urge in my stomach that I want to reach for the remote. Like, it, it's instant, instant go-away heat on my screen. And the Usos are about as stagnant as you can get. I, you know, as for a match, I mean, yeah, you know what? Looking at a couple, you know, great exchanges, lots of good moves, interesting match. Do I care about the feud, number one? I, I don't. Do I am I concerned that there was going to be a title switch? I didn't, and it meant nothing. So good match with with empty vortex around it. I'm going to do something really unique for internet culture and internet wrestling review culture, particularly um, because everything has to be either a one out of ten or a ten out of ten. I'm going to go ahead and do something crazy, Chris Bailey, especially for all the conversations that we've had. You know, um, you know all the things that we've talked about. I'm going to do something. Radical. It's a 5 out of 10. And some things are just fine. <laughs> They're not the best ever. <laughs> They're not the worst thing ever. I'm bringing back the word fine, okay? It's fine. I didn't have... You don't have to love or hate everything, people. It's just okay. It was absolutely... It was absolutely the next segment in the circus that you brought your kids to, which was entertaining and forgettable as soon as it was over. Do you, want, do you want me to break down my rating system in my own mind? Here, and um, I'll do it very, extremely quick. Here we go. Okay, five, so like Ron the Space five. Knight, GoBots, Mask. Shut Sorry, up, go ahead. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to this. Listen okay. to this. Five out of five is when everything clicks. Storyline, interest level, crowd reaction, uh, in-ring activity, characters, uh, quality of match, uh, you know, the, the hype. When all that comes together, that's a perfect five-star match. That's Daniel sure. Bryan, Kenny Omega uh, opening up. Uh, the last, the last uh, episode of Dynamite. That's that's exactly what that is. Five stars, right on the money. When it's pure electricity, and you're looking forward to it, and they deliver. If you don't have my interest right away, there's a point gun. Mm -hmm. If the crowd is not into it, and the matches or the characters are, are there's no build up, there's no real justification of why I want to see this match right away. They're starting at a three possible. That's the highest they're going to go. And when you're just when you just deliver like a good match, you're at a two immediately. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you've sure. already knocked two points off yourself. So 
that's 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 this show in a nutshell to be quite honest with you until you get to the end there, there's there's some stuff there is some quality i'm not going to bury the entire show but this no. this was not it so harry let me ask you a question you uh you were the host of the kickoff yeah yes so you um you know the kickoff for people that don't know, is Harry's uh, sports show. It mostly focuses on football, but sometimes they get into some other stuff too. Do you have to write notes for your kickoff show because you know, and to keep track of all the information, or do you just, are you like me and you're just kind of winging it, or 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 uh, do you write the notes with all the information? Uh, we keep a Google Doc that we use to make sure we hit all the important points. And I bet you use Grammarly, don't you? As a matter of fact, we do. Yes. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly everywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Be like Harry. Everyone should be like Harry and get on that Grammarly. And then you, too, can have your own podcast. Right, Harry? I don't know if everyone should have a podcast, but sure. <laughs> Stay with me, son. Um, <laughs> all right. I think this... That's I think this, all game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next match I really, really liked. It was probably... I don't know if it was the best match. I know it was my personal favorite match. I think... I, I want to say this was, this was the zenith of the show for me. Um, because it was kind of after this is where I started losing interest. Also, shortly after this, I think my wife came home, and um, I just I it was late. It was it was dark out. There were wolves after me. I, either way, this was at this was at the point where I had the, the show had the most of my attention. I had the most positive feelings, and after this is where things kind of go downhill for me personally. This is Charlotte Flair, everyone's favorite, versus Alexa Bliss, everyone's other favorite. Uh, which went 11 minutes and 25 seconds for the Raw Women's Championship. And I have to say, like, I know everyone hates Charlotte for all the reasons we've documented on every single one of these podcasts, so I'm not going to get into all that again. But I think when I I think when I just forget about that and I just watch her wrestle, she's probably one of the best women's wrestlers out there right now. Um, she, re- she rarely has, depending on who she's with, <laughs> Nia Jax, um, depending on who she's with, she generally has some of the best matches you know, men, women, whatever. Um, and Alexa Bliss, you know, as I was telling Chris when we first started, you know, some of these girls just, I don't feel like have any kind of character to them. They don't, they have nothing going on. Um, you couldn't tell them apart. And then there's Alexa Bliss who really throws herself 110% into everything that she does, even going all the way back to NXT when she was walking out with the two dubsteppers. So, um, I, so watching them together as silly as, <laughs> I think I don't know at what point Chris I texted you and I'm like when did this when did we go all the way back to the late 80s early 90s WWE but again I I didn't my, my kids didn't watch this but I was but I was kind of looking at audience reactions to this match and this was the one that the audience was into too this is the one the kids were into and all the shit that happened at the end with Alexa Bliss and Lily and all of that people ate it up people ate it up with a spoon and I and I can't take that away from them so I really enjoyed this, Chris. I don't know what you think. Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss. So, I, listen, I'm, I'm all for gimmicks, and boy, mm. does WWE need gimmicks. Like, if you brought back the era of the garbage man, I'd be perfectly okay with that because it would be something <laughs> different. They're not leaning into the professional wrestling end of it, 
into the side of the pool. So why not go crazy wacky on the gimmicks, which is what you're basically seeing right now over on NXT 2.0. I mean, you're, you're, you're bringing back basically the Steiner brothers. You're bringing back old gimmicks. You're bringing back a, like almost like a female DX. You know, you you got all kinds of different things happening over there. And over on the main show, it's just the same people stacked on top of each other until you get to Alexa Bliss, who's got this, you know, uh, sort of fiendless fiend gimmick going on here where she's, you know, a demonic version of Harley Quinn who carries a possessed doll. Now, if you're being consistent, then, you know, where what happened to her superpowers? Why couldn't she magically... You know, put Charlotte. I'm serious. I'm being serious now. If you're listening to the narrative that WWE has given us, you'd understand that Alexa Bliss has mind control powers. Where did that go? Did that go away? Did we have a storyline reason for that to go away? No, we didn't. What happened to the Fiend? He disappeared at WrestleMania and never seen him before, and Alexa Bliss took over the Fiend's powers. Instead, here we have Alexa Bliss, who seems like she's just a girl carrying around a crazy doll that was torn apart to no disruption at all. So, you know, how come the lights are not going out? Why is the arena not shaking? How come shit is not falling from the rafters on top of Charlotte and crushing her dead? Where has Where's the gimmick gone is what I'm asking you here. And you know what? The match is perfectly fine. So I'm going to tell you, listen, I was into the near falls at the end. I was perfectly okay with what was happening in the ring. But what happened to the narrative? Where, where did we go with this storyline? Is it over? Is this the end of Crazy Alexa or... What's happening? Someone, someone, tell me because I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed this for what it was. I, I wanted a little bit of more supernatural and build on this, you know, craziness that's going on with Alexa. But we didn't get it, and she just lost. Weird. Yeah, yeah it's a little, a little flat of an ending when you consider what a cartoon character she is and all the cartoony stuff they've done with her. But what do you think, Harry? What's your, what's your thoughts on all this? I think this is the end of the Bray Wyatt-infused Alexa Bliss gimmick. I think they're going to repackage her back into the goddess. Gosh, I hope... But I... Where, did, where did we step off it, though, Harry? Did, was there a point that I missed somewhere along the way where they just... Or was, was the death of the doll basically the end of the gimmick? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that oh, okay. the death right. of the doll is what breaks Alexa's almost psychotic break into this character. Ah, uh, okay, okay, fair enough. I think um, uh-huh. they they shouldn't go backwards. I I don't think she needs to be the goddess. I think I think they need to come up with something else for her. You know, um, I I've, I've watched a little bit of Seth Rollins I... on on Steve Austin's podcast, and he talked about how his match at Hell in a Cell is what launched the uh, the Monday Night Messiah. So something along along those that track, Harry. I I need to watch that Rollins uh, Austin Broken Fall. I heard it was really good. Um. Honestly, I don't know how much longer we even have Alexa for, if we're being frank. She's about to get married. Uh, she's made it stated that she wants to have a family. Okay. So, truth be told, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the beginning of the end for Alexa Bliss. No, I'd be fine with that, too. I mean, she's done. Her, I think she's done her bit for God and Country. Unless, they have, oh, yeah. unless, unless she's like truly inspired and there's something she wants to do. If she, uh, you know, Yeah, exactly. Of all the people on that roster who's like, I, you know, I have done everything this country, this um, company has asked of me, and I want to take a break and I want to do something else. I, like her, Ronda Rousey, when when they all when they all say that stuff and it's like planned and, and they have a graceful exit, um, you know, I'm all for it. I'm I'm 100 percent behind them. So, um, you want to talk about the match at all, Harry? Did you have any thoughts? 
Max's stuff I thought was okay. Uh, I, I I do uh, I do appreciate the fact that Alexa had Charlotte so thoroughly scouted, as I think that that's something that they should incorporate more into matches, specifically the duck of natural selection into the rolling senton. I thought that was really nicely done. Um, that whole hometown curse thing kind of sits funny with me, just because it's such a WWE trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at Bianca getting laid out by Becky and Knoxville on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, and then here with Alexa getting pinned in Columbus. Yeah, Jim Cornette brings that up a lot. That like, you know, you 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 go on as a legend, you get shit on. You go when you, you go on TV in your hometown, you get shit on. It's like, why does anyone want to work for this company? Me and me and my buddy were talking about this here, and it reminds me of a WCW almost in the sense there. Do you remember 1997 and the Fall Brawl War Games between the NWO and the Horsemen in Winston-Salem? I do. Kurt Hennig. Yep. And then they returned Fall Brawl to Winston-Salem the following year, and like 4,000 fewer people showed up. Yeah, because you killed the freaking town the year prior when you had Kurt Hennig turn on the Horsemen. Yep. After, after all that, after all that buildup. So I'm going to keep with you, Harry, here, because I actually don't have a lot to say about this. Um, my, my wife and I were in the middle of a pretty serious conversation we were having, and I barely paid attention to this match. Um, also, I don't care about any of these people in it. Damian Priest, this was my only observation. Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Uh, he retains the U.S. Championship. Honestly, I would not have even known that if I had not read this note <laughs> that I wrote with Grammarly. Um, retains his U.S. Championship. At uh, 13 minutes and 25 seconds, Harry. Um, so it's, it's it's a detail. It's a small detail, but it's one that I noticed, and it and it speaks to me, Chris, about like the leap from NXT 1.0 to the main roster, and how little details just get dropped, and everything just becomes, as Chris Sheehan would say, hospital food. Damian Priest used to very specifically do his bow and arrow mimicry, and it wasn't until he had released his invisible arrow that the flames would come up. That's not even timed anymore. Like, he just kind of... They were already up, and he was doing it. It was utterly mistimed to, to the... It had no real effect, and I was like, does any... And here's the thing, and this is why I make it a big deal about it, Harry... Does anyone give a shit anymore in this company? Does anyone like really care, or have we all gotten to the plate? Gotten to the point of we, as in everyone on that roster, gotten to a point of go out, hit your marks, say your lines, go backstage, go out, hit your marks, say your lines, sing your songs, go backstage. Another town, another show. Hit your marks, sing your songs, go backstage. I can't say I noticed, but in fairness, I don't pay attention to answering this. <laughs> what do you think of the match? Match itself, I thought was pretty good. Although I do think that the Priest Sheamus rematch on Raw was better. Okay, uh, Chris, I, I've said a couple of things there. I also want you to talk about the match. The floor is yours, sir. The Triple Threat: Damian Priest, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus. You got Sheamus on my screen. <laughs> what? Why? What? Why? Why am I watching Sheamus? Why? Why am I not reaching for the remote? I, I don't want him on my screen. You got Jeff Hardy, who um, is languishing, like with no, with no direction, just sort of there in this mix and this triple threat for no real reason. Like th- this doesn't really stand to exist. He got to win over, 
you got to win over Sheamus on Raw to propel him into this match to, you know, give legitimacy. Now, he's been on the skids, like a losing streak pretty well. Well, not a losing streak. He's doing the Tito Santana, pick up a couple wins on the house show loop, maybe a win here, win there. But other than that, he's being crushed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now he's in this now he's in this triple threat match. So you got Damian Priest, too, who, listen, he's earning his keep. This is this this guy has by God, he's dragged around rappers. He's done all the, the stupid Miz shows. He's been squirted with, uh, you know, water pistols. You name it. They've done it all with this guy. And um, since he's come to the main roster, I think that they've tried their best to give him a push, trying to, you know, as the as the people-friendly, almost rockish-style character. And I think it's somewhat worked, but you sandbag him when you put him in a, in a wrestling ring with Sheamus. Now, Sheamus is probably doing some of his best work. If I'm being fair, if I'm being honest about Sheamus, he's doing some of his best work. I mean, he's really, really super stiff. This, this is what you get in a Sheamus match. A solid effort, a very strong style, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's really putting in the effort. It's not Sheamus's fault. It's just they haven't painted him as an interesting character enough for me. It's still same old Sheamus, you know, Mr. Albino I, that I don't want on my screen. <laughs> But 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 it's not because of his effort, you know what I mean? It's, it, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the reason this match didn't connect with me is none of these guys' fault. Because I think mm-hmm. you got three three talents here. I think they had a serviceable match, and uh, the Damian Priest saga continues. I mean, it was it was okay. There's there's nothing real terrible to say about this match other than my genuine apathy towards seeing these guys on my screen. Do the details on, do the details only matter to me, Chris? Am I the only one who really feels like? It's when the it's when everyone puts in that little extra effort, and the details matter that the that the product becomes special again. Because otherwise, it's just meh. It's or, it's matches. I think that I think that's right on the money. We got a collection of matches here, and mm-hmm. the only story that we have going in is that wrestler A attacked wrestler B on Raw, wrestler B attacked wrestler C on Raw, and now wrestler A, B, and C are wrestling. Right. Like what? What? What else is there? There's more story to be told. Like why? Why to care? And it's it's just missing in a lot of these lot of these chapters here. I think. Also, Harry, um, you have all the inside dirt. You've got your Matt Drudge hat on. Boy, is that a reference? I've been watching American uh, Crime Story lately about <laughs> about the uh, Bill Clinton impeachment. Um, so you got your Matt Drudge hat on. You you, you talked to all the, the the wrestling people. You know your hat that says press, by the way. Um, you got your ear to the ground. Why? Why do the Extreme Rules pay-per-view and only have one match that has an Extreme Rules thing? What happened to this whole thing being just like a turducken full of gimmicks? What 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 happened to you, Harry? You know what? I was watching. I was helping my buddy get ready for a toy show yesterday. Price big stuff. Okay. We were watching Extreme Rules while we were while we were doing so. And I looked at him and I said, "What is the point of these gimmick pay-per-views now? Like you, a you defeat the purpose of the gimmick matches by having to go." Oh, well, it's October, so I guess that means a Hell in a Cell match. Or it's December, I guess that means a TLC match. Why still have right these gimmick the money. Perfect. Why still have these gimmick pay-per-views if you're not going to use them to mean, make something meaningful with them? Like, I appreciate the Hell in a Cell matches. I appreciate the tables, ladders, and chairs matches. I appreciate the Extreme Rules matches when they mean something. Right. And with these gimmick pay-per-views, they don't mean anything because of the fact that 
more often than not, the matches are shoehorned into an extreme stipulation. Like, look at the main event, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Look at Reigns versus the Demon here. Yeah. It didn't need to be an extreme rules match. Now, granted, the use of weaponry during the course of the match did enhance the match, but it didn't need to be one because it didn't have a logical reason to be one other than the fact that the Usos jumping Balor before his title match on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. I miss the... I miss the period between when in your house is all had taglines and um every, you know taglines taglines are different than gimmick pay-per-views though because well, no, no, the tagline... what, I'm, what I'm what I was oh, trying to get to was ahead. like so in your house beware of dog right is it, it, yes. a really great example beware and it was beware of dog because fucking british bulldog was in the main event that was the whole point of it um good friends better enemies it was the breakup, you know, between Shawn Michaels and Diesel, that sort of thing. My, what I'm saying is, like, I miss... And then they just dropped the In Your House thing, and, it, you know, and they started doing, like, Judgment Day, and... Uh, d- what do you call it? In Your d- Driveway, and Cross no Bounds, mercy. and... No Mercy! Great Balls of Fire! Yeah, like, why couldn't this just have been Great Balls of Fire, or Fully Loaded? We haven't done a Fully Loaded in how long? How long, um, Harry? Uh, how long has it been since we've been Fully Loaded together? Two thousand. <laughs> like, don't we need to be fully loaded, Chris? <laughs> Not with you guys. <laughs> I need to get fully loaded. Why we need? I why couldn't this pay per view, Harry? That, answer me! Answer me! Why couldn't this pay per view be fully loaded? That that might explain the conversation that he had during this match with his wife. <laughs> oh, well done, well done, touche. Um, so yeah, this stupid to call it extreme rule, and it's just like again, this is Agreed. an example of like this com- company is trapped in its own mechanical thinking. Yeah. Anyway, um, keeping with you, go ahead. Real, real quick, real yeah. quick to end that right there. Yeah, I, I think the days of the gimmick pay per views need to go by the wayside. I think we need to go back to having the specifically branded pay per view names that everybody knows. Like for us growing up as wrestling fans, if it was September, you knew it was time for Unforgiven. If mm-hmm. it was June, you knew it was time for King of the Ring. Like, each month had its own specific pay-per-view that you associated with that month. Um, up until 2000, like we talked about, it was fully loaded for three years. And then in 2001, it became Invasion for obvious reasons, but that's a whole different podcast. Right. No, I, 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 I centered on fully loaded because I wanted to make a bunch of drinking jokes. But... I, I suspected <laughs> as much. Um, uh, the point but... being, though, is that the point being that, though, is that those pay-per-views had name recognition because you knew what the pay-per-view that month was because right. you knew, based on the schedule, how things were falling. You had that order of operations that you could go to that you would know that, okay, so no, September's Unforgiven, November's No or, or September's Unforgiven, October's No Mercy, November's uh, Survivor Series, and then December's whatever. Armageddon. Armageddon, or it was uh, named after whatever wrestler had the title at the time. So it's time for Vader, <laughs> although he wasn't in the main event. Or um, what? Rock Bottom was one year. Um, uh, Degeneration X was the one in 1997. Right. What was the what was '95 uh, that they also named after Bret Hart? Uh, the second one wasn't it called the Great White North? I'll look it up. Um. Anyway. So moving on, uh, Harry. I, the Calgary uh, Stampede. Is that what you're talking? No, about? no, that was the summer. But the, oh my god, when was the last time we had oh, a Calgary I... Stampede? Which is the fucking first one, which everyone says like the greatest pay per view ever. Hey, my um, I was watch. I was behind. I got home at eight o'clock, and so I had to rewind and, and watch the kickoff show and everything. So I was about a half an hour behind on everything, and then suddenly 
Peacock just skipped forward and I missed how Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair ended. So Harry Broadhurst, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. Tell me about the last like five minutes of this match while I look up something much more interesting. Disqualification finish with the return of Sasha Banks. And she actually attacks both women, which I seem to think is going to either set up a triple threat or is going to set up Sasha one-on-one against one of them before the other one gets sent to Raw in the draft. Okay. Match, match itself was good. Uh, Becky showed a little bit of ring and rust, but that's to be expected. This is her first real match in, almost, in probably about a calendar year, maybe a little bit more than a calendar year. So uh, ring rust was to be expected from Becky. Uh, Bianca more than held her own against Becky in terms of value. I think that the heel character that Becky is portraying right now hurts her because of the fact that people don't want to boo Becky Lynch. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's a drum you're beating here. By the way, it was called Seasons Beatings. The one Thank I was you. thinking of. Yeah, Great White North was the following year, I think. It was in 96 at some point. Um, Back to Back to my thing about the the Bel Air and Lynch match, though. I think this match would work better if the roles were reversed. I think the match would work better if uh, Bianca's a cocky heel and Becky is that as that fiery baby face. Unfortunately, they seem to think that people are going to be willing to cheer Becky or to boo Becky, and the WWE audience is having none of it. The only place that she's been booed in the entire build up to this match was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and the only reason that happened is because that's Bianca's hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this match, Chris? Uh, fine, fine match. Um, now, if you're a if you're a history buff and have been watching the wrestling, like we we uh, we three have been, <clears throat> you'd you'd understand that this Sasha Banks return has been done no less than four separate times. Exactly <laughs> how it played out here. Okay, she keeps injuring herself eighty-seven so, times. So I'm like. Is, are we honestly doing this again for like the fourth time? Like this is this is this has happened over and over and over and over again. And I think when you think about new faces on your screen and why things like AEW and uh, NXT 2.0 exist, this is why because it's it's worn out. It's worn out leather, as Lady Gaga would say. That's what WWE is right now. You got like you got people that are on our screen that have been on our screen too long. And it's time to time to rotate some folks out. It's time to freshen up the deck, gentlemen. And well, get who, excited again for Raw and SmackDown. Well, that Let's makes, put that a makes... new coat of paint on these two damn shows. For God's okay. sake, put a new coat of paint. Give me Braun Breaker, for Jesus' sake. God Something, damn it, you anything. stepped on my joke. I was going to say, who's been on NXT for two whole minutes that we can pull up to the main roster? I'm not saying pull those guys up to the main roster. I'm saying it's something fresh. It's something new. Regardless if I like it or not, they're trying something different. God, it's different. God, he sounds like his dad, though. Oh, my God. He is he is the the hybrid DNA of Scott and Rick together. He sounds like <laughs> his – he looks like – number one, he looks like his dad. He actually – I'm sure that if you had to smell that uniform, it's Rick Steiner's uniform from back in the day. Like, it is Steiner clone. And then he gets on there and he sounds like Scotty Steiner from 1993. You're like, holy shit. It's like it's it's <laughs> like if Rick and Scott had sex and had one child. <laughs> you know, I love if, him. if Randy Orton were on NXT today, right? If he, um, you know, like, I'm talking, uh, not Smoky Mountain. What the fuck? Um, 
OVW. Thank you. If if OVW Randy Orton showed up in NXT today, right, twenty year old Randy Orton, when they introduced him, he wouldn't be Randy Orton. He'd be Randy Rotten. And I and I and it's like, what? I mean, it would personality. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can't just call him Braun Steiner, like a uh, easily recognizable name. There's a reason. What's the reason, Scott, Harry? Scott's pitching a bit shit about the Steiner name. Is that not their real last name? And no, yeah, it is yeah. not. Their real last name is Rex, Rex Steiner. R R E C H S E E I N E R. You're you never, mean? you're never, you're never going to get a real name again because you know what happens. All of a sudden, a guy who used to work for you is going to come out using his same name and same theme music. And he's going to sit in the middle of that ring and he's going to do a pipe bomb promo right on the company he just left seven years ago. They're not doing that again. Bring back, here comes the Texas tornado. Here comes the nondescript, the British bulldog. You're never going to have a human name ever again in this company. Trust me. CM Punk killed that dead. CM Punk isn't like the example I look at. Look at, I mean, Adam Cole's been fine. Adam Cole has kept his name from Ring, Ring from Ring of Honor to Dan XT to now AEW. And Adam Cole has said nothing but, you know, glowing things about his time in the WWE. He has not bashed them on television that I've seen, and I actually watch AEW. Um, you know, he's just happy to be with his friends, and that's it. I, I, and, I, and, I, and that doesn't negate your point about he's still Adam Cole, and they spent years, you know, using the Adam Cole name and, and having it draw money for them, only to him to be still Adam Cole over there, because it's, I guess it's his real name. Um, or something close to it, but um, you're you're probably. I mean, I guess you know, to Harry's point, if that's not you know, if that is somehow a copyrighted name that Scott Steiner is taking ownership of and saying no one could call, nobody can ever use the name Steiner. Okay, sure, fine. And then of course we're right back to standard mechanical WWE thinking. Peter Parker, Reed Richards, Braun Breaker. Got it. All right, moving on. Okay, well, listen to this. If Adam Cole ever came back, do you think he'll ever come back and be allowed to be called Adam Cole? Nope. Welcome, Boom Boy. It's Boom Boy, everybody. <laughs> uh, damn uh, right it is, It's Boom Brian Boy. Boom. Boom. <laughs> uh, fun fact, uh, Mark, not his real name. Adam Cole, not his real name? Austin Jenkins. Good for him. All oh, right. Jesus. Main event time. Uh, Harry, let me ask you a question. How much longer does Finn Balor have left on his contract? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of logically the best way to spin this, and the only thing I can think of is that when Heyman was on the phone earlier in the show, it was to sabotage with the ring crew to sabotage the ring. The problem is, is that he did the top rope double stomp earlier in the match, and everything was just hunky-dory. This is the guy who was like, um, nuts to the main roster. I'm going to go back to NXT where I can be a big star and I can have the matches I want and no one's really paying any attention. And then people started paying attention. And there he... And I'm just imagining the day that they had they said, you're coming back to the main roster and he's just hanging on to a ring post. No! No! You know? Um, and they, you know, and they, they, and Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are just dragging him out of NXT. Uh, and now he's here. And... This is the stupidest thing. Um... As far as, like, the actual match goes... By the way, well, the point that I was trying to get to was how much longer do you think before Finn Balor and the rest of these... Slowly, you know, slowly but surely, the rest of these ROH, New Japan, not not yeah. actual homegrown talents all migrate over to AEW? 
See, I think Balor sells enough merchandise that I think the WWE is going to try their damnedest to keep him. They can try, but they can't chain him to the chair. He can say no. Uh, I suppose that depends on the finances of it all as well. Like, I'm, I'm sure Balor's probably making more currently where he is than he would if he were to jump. Okay, here's the conversation, Chris, that uh, Cornette had on his podcast, and that is... You are going to see a line in the sand, a real demarcation line between guys willing to take stupid money to stay in the WWE versus the guys willing to take less money to be happy with their friends doing what they want, not having to put up with the BS that is the WWE. And I look at a guy like Finn Balor and I look at his decision making over the past couple of years and I think he's another one like Kevin Steen who they're just, you know, and AJ Styles, who they're all just wait, you know, now they see a viable opportunity and they've all been in the WWE making good money. So unless they wasted it all or they're bad with their finances or they have a crack problem, all of these guys that have been in the WWE don't need to be in the WWE anymore unless they just, they're just there for the money, Brock Lesnar. So you might have the occasional, like, clout guy, like... Seth Rollins, who thinks it's a prestige thing to be in the WWE, and that's his reason for staying. Like, why would I want to go to the second-rate company when this is the best company? But there, are, not everyone thinks that way. You know what I mean, Chris? Yeah, you know what? I think I, so. Number one, I, I want to just talk about this match because to me, this was this was the this was the banger of the show. This is the reason mm-hmm. why I showed up. This is the reason why I cared about this pay per view. There was a little bit of backdrop here. I mean, you got the return of the demon, which is always you know something to. To wait on, and you know what? They gave us a cool entrance. We got we got the classic demon. They they went over the top with the the graphics, and you know they they really used that new technology that they use with that you know you know artificial what's it called? Someone fill me in. You know what I mean? Virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean? They got the big hovering graphics and all that stuff. It really, really looked outstanding for the return of the demon. And they had a banger. Listen, the WWE main event style with Roman Reigns and all that stuff. That's not bad. It's not bad stuff. You you know, you got all the kickouts. You got a reason to concern because you actually think that the demon has a chance to take that belt. You know, we probably there was a lot less of a chance in in reality what we thought, but you know, they gave us a good match and then the ending hit. <clears throat> now. No, 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 no. So so yeah, I know a lot of people are crapping all over the ending, but again, if this leads to something, then then I'm yeah. fine with it. Like is is this I agree. is this is this Bray Wyatt? Is this collusion behind the scenes with something else happening with Paul Heyman? Is this what is happening here? You know what I mean? You got Bray Wyatt floating around, who you know everybody thinks is just instantly going to AEW, yet he still has his WWE Twitter tag. Now I'm sure he's he's calling himself Wyndham, which is his real name online. But is the reason why the Alexa Bliss thing went away, and all of a sudden the ring cable breaking and the demon? You know the the attack happening on the demon. It all points to different directions. So you know my fantasy booking wants to think that this is all part of their big plan, and we may see the return of the fiend or something even more sinister in the background. I'm hoping this pays off, and it's just not Paul, Paul Heyman paid off the ring crew. I'm hoping it's not that. I'm just hoping that there's something to come out of this. So you know they they've got my attention here because this was a big main event match, and you ended it with a broken ring cable. So I'm hoping that it's more layers to this. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I'm genuinely, genuinely interested to see where this goes. So I, yeah, I know I, everybody. Yeah, go ahead, Harry. 
I know. I was going to say I agree with you, uh, Chris. I, I do think that the op- I, I, and I did see a lot of people shitting on this finish on line two, and I, it sounded like Mark was one of those people shitting on this finish. Uh, this is going to be one of those kind of wait and see how it plays out on Friday thing for me. And if we get a logical explanation that furthers the storyline in addition to giving us something that we can sink our teeth into going forward, then I will be perfectly okay with this because it was new, because it was different, because it was a creative finish. Um, again, I was watching with a buddy of mine while we were working on the toy show, and he said they should have done an injury finish there. And I think that um, while I understand where I like he's that. coming from, I, while I understand where he's coming from, I think that that finish probably would have been hated more than actually giving a pinfall finish there where Balor struggles to his feet and then turns into the spear. I kind of like the idea of Balor having the fighting spirit to want to carry on and a weakened Balor turning into the spear for the finish rather than going to a uh, rather than going to a no contest injury finish off of it. <laughs> Similar to how when the ring broke off of the superplex originally from Lesnar and Big Show. So I remember the really great payoff we got to GTV. And I remember so many other great payoffs and, and cohesive storytelling and really just mind-bending. The white limo, the white limo Yeah, mind-bending storytelling in the WWE over the last at least 10 to 20 years. You guys are right. They have, really beyond anything I've ever seen in Hollywood, the WWE has this great ability to maintain stories and, and have them all reach logical conclusions. You're, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Your facetiousness aside. (laughs) That's right. I'm busting out the $10 words on this podcast now. Um, Uh, Oh, did you think I I was being sarcastic? Oh, okay. Sorry. I I get where you're coming from in in terms of the track record here, but I'm an optimist. Hope springs eternal. And okay, I, I so think so. Hang on, hang, hang on. I don't, I, don't, don't throw that. In, don't, don't, no, no, don't throw that in my face. I'm an optimist. You're talking to like Polly Positive and you know, and Peter Positive here. I'm However, how many more times <laughs> do you get kicked in the balls before? How many times you get kicked in the balls before you turn around and go? Maybe I don't want to be kicked in the balls anymore. I'm not trying to be negative. I, I just don't want to be kicked in the balls anymore. Go ahead. Okay. The the point that I'm raising here is if it were any <laughs> other angle on the show then I might see where you're coming from here. Who's been the best book person in the WWE over the course of the last five years? Brock Lesnar. Okay, who, who has been the second best book person in the WWE over the last five years? I can't argue that. Oh, Reigns. Roman Reigns. So, and especially with Paul Heyman by his side, I would argue if there's anyone that can, to use a Pritchardism, turn chicken salad or chicken shit into chicken salad, it's going to be Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt until we see how things play out on SmackDown. Okay, look, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to beat this to death and be like, no, it's all bad, it's everything's bad, it's all bad all the time. Th- this, this might actually reach a satisfying conclusion. I, as I say to, as I say to Bailey on many occasions, how about we just wait and see? So I'm not necessarily jumping up and trampling this. I am reacting to what actually happened and the information I have sitting here doing this review. And right now, my initial reaction was, was it looks stupid. So you're comparing it to Brock Lesnar and Big Show breaking the ring with the suplex. And there's been, you know, or, you know, let's let's go even back even further. Bam Bam Bigelow and Taz going through the ring. Those looked cool. Those legit look cool. This looked like 
Help me, Chris, please. This looked like the Rockers and the Heart Foundation. Is that where the rope broke? Yes. That's, that's what this looked like. Yeah. That's what this looked like. And that didn't look cool. That looked like the ring broke and there was an accident and they just had to stumble and bumblefuck their way through it. And I understand that that's not really what happened here, that this, you know. But then, like, can't we get a close-up shot of Paul Heyman, like, pulling a pin out of the rope or something and going, tee-hee, you know, like, anything? What's, like, to say that that, what's to say that that won't happen on SmackDown? You know, here's, I got into an argument. I'm going to make this really, really quick, so so let me let me get through it, but I'm, I'm going to do it in, like, 50 words or less. I got into an argument with a bunch of people over the comic book House of M., because I'm reading it, and I'm just reading the, the trade paperback, the eight-issue story of House of M. And I, one of the comments, and it's, it's a nice story and everything, but what I, what I wish we had spent more time in the universe that Scarlet Witch had created, um, there wasn't enough time spent there before all the heroes were undoing everything. And all the nerds trampled me and beat me and tied me to a tree, and they whipped me, and they said, you have to read the 87 other crossovers in order to get that. And I went... No, I <laughs> tell your story in the story you're telling. Don't tell me I have to go do homework elsewhere to go find the information I'm looking for. Tell your story in the story. I get what you're saying. Ah, but the story's not over yet. What happened? There's a whole other chapter that has to be written here. Okay, there. All I'm saying is there needed to be something in that moment, right? It, they made it too. Um, they obfuscated, I think, too much. I, I feel like it was too it was too vague. I understand your point, and I understand I think what they were going for here, which is it's a mystery. But give me something to hold on to here. You know, show Paul Heyman running away. Show something. Like they, they did the red light. Another as an example, they did the red light to make the demon come to life, and he has this really quick run over Roman Reigns before the whole yes. thing falls apart again. So they can't say the red light was the demon that doesn't make any sense sorry the red light was the fiend so many supernatural characters on the show um they can't say that the red light was the fiend because they just said it was the demon and unless they start writing really convoluted Kane-ish plots like (laughs) they're really gonna have to do some mental gymnastics in order to explain that it might be both things so Uh, yes so, so I got to add something here. So you're yeah. right on the money. I'm glad you brought up that part where the red light came on and mm-hmm. reactivated the demon because the demon was getting absolutely decimated by rains. All of a sudden, the red light flashes. The demon reactivates. He reanimates. He's back to normal. You know what I mean? He's back mm-hmm. right to his feet, instantly dishing out punishment. So now we've added a piece to his character where this can happen. So now that's, that's part of demon lore all of a sudden. They, he has the ability to basically reanimate out of nowhere when that red light flashes. So this is going to be remembered, <clears throat> and I'm putting that on my little checklist of, of things that you know the, the demon does, similar to Alexa Bliss's character, you know, doing her mind control, doing her bleeding from the forehead, doing all the different things that we were supposed to do. So moving forward, I want consistency in my writing, and especially with this ending, I want to know that there's a payoff coming, not just to be discarded and a doll torn up in the middle of the ring, and all of a sudden we're left with what happened to her mind control powers? Why couldn't she break the cable when Charlotte was on top? I mean, this seems like something that Alexa Bliss should have done in the Charlotte match. Charlotte's right. on the top rope, ready to finish her. Nope, clink! Out goes the lights, the thunder and lightning. Charlotte falls off the rope. It makes sense in the character. And it could have worked with the demon character, too, if you know, if, if it went the opposite way. But I don't know, man. 
I don't know. There's something. I just, I, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath for a payoff like you, Mark. I guess. I well, I'm not holding my breath either. Um, <laughs> but oh, I, I guess what I'm saying is, Harry, just to kind of finish off this point, I don't. They can do that ending, but then you gotta put something in there to for people to hold on to, because right now it just looks like there was an accident. <laughs> like it just looked like the rope just the rope just randomly right. broke, and it was a fuck up. I agree. And and I'm now I'm laughing at this. This doesn't. This doesn't Where's feel the after like credits? we needed the after credit scene. Yeah, this doesn't feel like Brock Lesnar, Big Show, whose manpower, you know, whose just manliness broke that ring, you know, or the other time this happened with Brock, where the whole ring exploded, you know, or any time that that that's happened, they've actually made it look really good in the past. This feels like you know there was just an accident and like shit happens and the goo fell and like, and then they just tried to cover. Yeah. This is scripted entertainment. We can actually see the Joker behind a curtain going, <laughs> Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we can have that little scene that ties the bow on why this happened. And we didn't get it, so it looks I, like it fell on its face. But, uh, you know, I just need a little bit extra. Yeah, I will I will reserve judgment on this fully until we see how the fallout happens. From Smack. Fair. I can Fair under- enough. I can understand why people were upset by it because it is kind of a – a bit of a haphazard way to go off the air for a pay-per-view to have the finish to your pay-per-view. But again, for people that are saying that they want more stories, that they want more long-term storytelling, this is an opportunity to provide it, and yet you're shitting on it before it even gets an opportunity to be told. Yeah, and I, I look, I, I get your your sort of visceral reaction to that criticism. Um, I think what Chris and I are, are more in the middle saying, hey, we like where you're going, probably could have executed it better. See, again, it doesn't have to be 10 out of 10 execution. I, I, I don't think WWE is in a position for patience. I don't think people, <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I don't think people have patience for WWE to pay something off. They're going to need something that's hammering them over their head, like a, a conclusion or an instant continuous I, thread to a story. I don't think people are going to wait and go, oh, maybe, maybe this is something. No, right now they're not in a position. People are irritated to fuck with the WWE and they just I mean you take a look at the ratings that are just cascading downwards like off a waterfall and people want something to happen and they're waiting for the big moment they they're waiting for something to change and I guess I guess they're just not in the mood for shenanigans I would argue that that's wrestling fans in general though where oh, yeah, got, yeah. You're, you're right you're right we've gotten to the point of such ADD and patience Give me what I want and give it to me now. Whereas uh, longtime fans such as ourselves know that we would go six, eight, 12 months without a resolution to a storyline back when we were growing up with pro wrestling. I think the ADD nature of wrestling on weekly television has gotten us um, almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Almost. See, I need Grammarly at this point to help me find the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Get Grammarly.com backslash WTO Network. Um, We've become almost... Uh, I'm not going to find the word here, so I'm just going to move on. Entitled? Fans, no, I wouldn't say entitled. I would say, like, uh, oversaturated with wrestling. Like, we get so much that we want on a, such a regular basis that when we don't get what we want, we get super impatient because it's taking so long to get there. Right. So so I'll tell you, Harry, I don't know if you watch any of the Marvel shows. I know, uh, I know Chris does. We have a whole group chat kind of dedicated to... Watching uh, Marvel TV shows, but everyone watches them weekly. Um, you know, they they watched Wandavision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, Loki, and now What If? They watch them week, and 
and I tend to mute that chat because I because myself and Robert Winfrey binge them at the end of the show so I don't really want to know what's happening and so I, I mute it but I look at turn in occasionally and the and the compare and I and I think what you're saying speaks to because you know we're just talking about wrestling you're like well you think it's wrestling fans I think it's just people in general right now because I watch that chat that Chris Bailey is in and be, and if there's a, like a, if there's an episode of any one of those shows that does not feature fucking Mephisto or <laughs> <laughs> or the um, the time oh God, what was the one everyone complained about with Loki? Um, Kang, Kang didn't show up at like episode one or something, and everyone would, like fucking hit the roof. Uh, people, no, no, the one, the one, the one you want to talk about is when WandaVision and they had uh, Pietro show up at the oops, yeah, someone someone shows up at the at the door, and then yeah, all yeah. of a sudden you're waiting for the payoff. There, and, there was a lot of that with WandaVision. We're, we're, basically, what yeah. I'm saying is like. I want and and this is a, just a small group of friends, but I think it's it. But I but I watch this happen at large, you know, sort of universally on Twitter and whatnot, where people just complained the shows aren't moving fast enough. We're not getting enough big reveals. We're not getting enough big characters. We're not. Right. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. And it's like fucking. There's still movies that are going to happen. These are set. These are these are small chapters setting up to big movies. Like, can you just relax? Do, like, do you do you want to know the pro? You hit it right on the money. So here's the problem with wrestling right now. So who's who's the shiny new toy right now in professional wrestling? What company is the shiny new toy? AEW, AEW. correct? Yep. Oh boy, it's AEW. Hey, look at us. What are they doing every week? Oh, so and so has debuted. Oh, another debut and another debut and another big happening. Guess what's going to happen? Now They're going to run out of debuts. Well, yes. Now, over- well, I think that's exp- now it's expect if you've trained your audience to expect. Like a big bananas ending, you're going to expect a big bananas ending every time a show ends. Okay, the forbidden door is going to hit you right on the other side of the ass and throw you the other way. That's what's going to happen. Go ahead, Harry. Uh, Chris, I missed the all-out review. Apologies for that, guys. I had no voice. It it would not have been viable. But that was the exact problem that I had with All Out. Was All Out a fantastic show? Yes, I will not deny that. And as a WWE apologist, admittedly. I will be the first to say that AEW had an absolutely fantastic show with All Out. The problem was, is you gave fans Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho now. You gave fans Daniel Bryan. You gave fans CM Punk. You gave fans Adam Cole all on one show. Correct. Look at the bar of expectation that you just set with that particular sh- that particular pay-per-view. If your next pay-per-view does not rise to that bar, you're fucked. Yep. 100% agree with you. 100%. The shiny new toy is going to become the old new toy very very soon but guess what the other guess what the other swing is wwe hasn't had like their their debuts are basically re-debuts so it's just the same people coming back from injury or from pregnancy or from multiple injuries like sasha banks and it's the same people returning eventually those folks who went to aew are going to be future endeavored and they're going to come back home the cody Rhodes is going to come back home guess who the shiny new toy is going to be then it's going to be WWE because now they've already shit the bed. They've blown every single possible angle and debut you could possibly have, including the Japanese roster, which they're pillaging right now at the moment. There's going to be nothing left. You're not going to have a story left to tell. Patience is now needed in AEW. Patience, patience. But they don't have it for WWE. They need the debuts. So right. there you go. And that that there's kind of a double standard in that regard, too, that I think wrestling fans have. In that, I, I think a lot of wrestling fans are a lot more likely to show that kind of patience with AEW than they are compared to the WWE. I watch both shows, 
And the reason I watch both shows is simple. I love professional wrestling. WWE can call it sports entertainment all they want to. It's still professional wrestling. I love pro wrestling. I want all the companies to succeed. I want WWE to succeed. I want AEW. I want Ring of Honor, Impact, um, MLW. You know what I mean? I want all of these companies to, to succeed because right. the more professional wrestling there is to consume, the better off the industry is for everyone, going all the way down to even the lowest levels, which is where I found myself involved as a play-by-play commentator for almost 10 years. Um, all right, so our next review will take place on um, October 20... 25th. <laughs> Just looking right at it. Uh, and that's going to be Crown Jewel. Weirdly enough, no American pay-per-view in the month of October. Instead, they're just going to focus on a Saudi Arabia one, and that's going to be headlined by Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Uh, that takes place at 1 o'clock, I think, in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the only the only time that matters. Uh, and that's Thursday, October, Thursday, October 21st. So we will cover it Monday, October 25th. Um so that'll definitely be myself and Chris Bailey, and maybe Harry will do another run-in. Is this, this going to be your new thing now? Just ninja yourself in the middle of the show? Yes. I think I think that this might be the gimmick going forward. This <laughs> is it was it was a better return than Sasha Banks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm less of a bitch than she is too. <laughs> um so it's Venom Week all week long here. We've had um I had to repost because it never actually made the W2M site because because the people that run that site they're not consistent. They uh, years I've been sending them my stuff, but not everything hate, makes the website. Hate mail to s dot at gmail <laughs> So occasionally I go to look for something to put in a post, and it's not there. But the podcast went up. There's no web page. Anyway, so there's a I shall. <laughs> there's a page for uh, Venom Lethal Protector from a show that from that show that we did a few years ago. Plus our uh, our original Venom movie review from a few years ago that that's up there now. There's also a page for it uh, now. Uh, we just released Venom some new material. We got some Venom Carnage Unleashed on Source material. Um, 2014, myself and Jason Teasley joined Robert Winfrey to talk all the symbiotes all the time in movies and comics. So that's up today. Uh, tomorrow, Robert Winfrey is hosting a discussion of The Sopranos, and that is to go along with The Many Saints of Newark, which is debuting this Friday, day and date, on HBO Max. Uh, myself, Robert Cooper, allegedly, and Jesse Starcher, definitely, will be talking... We'll be going back to church! Church, Chris Bailey! We're going to the Church of Poppy. We're going to be talking Poppy Flux. And uh, ending the week that was, myself and Ronnie Adams will be talking Vacation Friends, starring your friend and mine, John Cena, uh, Cinderella 2021, and Jolt, starring the ever-kicking-ass Kate Beckinsale. Um, this weekend, we're starting the build towards James Bond's fifth uh, iteration of that character, uh, No Time to Die. But we're kicking things off. Hey, guess what, Chris Bailey, because I know how much you like the metal. Do you love the metal? I, I appreciate the metal. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the band Ministry, Bailey? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, what was the last ministry album or song that you can recall off the top of your head? I, I don't know if I can recall one, but I've definitely heard the name before. You've heard the name Ministry. Are you sure you were, you sure Positive. you're just not thinking of like the religion that you've actually heard the band Ministry before? No, no, no. I've definitely heard of Ministry before. 
Well, Ministry's been around forever, and you can find all of their records on AmazonMusic.com. Did you know that, Chris Bailey? Well, I did know that, and now that I know that, I'm definitely not going to search that band up. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I am. I mean, yeah, that's the ticket. We using the Amazon free, you know, Amazon streaming uh, apparatus there. Uh, Amazon Music Unlimited. Myself and Robert Cooper back in the day, we not only reviewed um, Ministry America Can't, uh, and we also reviewed Ministry from Beer to Eternity. So we're going to re-air our review of from Ministry from Beer to Eternity this Friday. And do you want to know why, Chris Bailey? Is it because of such great songs as Just One Fix, Jesus Built My Hot Rod, and Stigmatic? Mark? It is, but also oh. Ministry is releasing a new album that you can download. <laughs> that if you use our service, Amazon Music, uh, our free 30-day giveaway, rather, for the Amazon Music service, Amazon Music Unlimited, you, on October 1st, Chris Bailey, do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? You can stream the new Ministry album, Moral Hygiene. Okay? Whoa. It'll be... The- Sounds It'll like be, a family affair right there. It is. Uh, Ministry is releasing their newest album, Moral Hygiene. So in honor of that, uh, we are re-releasing our Beer, From Beer to Eternity review. And you can also check out our review of Ministry Americant with three Ks. Huh? Do you get it, Chris Bailey? Americ- America- Americant, three Ks. Get it? Do you understand? <laughs> Do you get it? You so, daft sod, you. So um, well, it's not me. It's Uncle Al. So get amazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Again, that's get amazonmusic.com slash W2M network to download, to uh, take advantage of our free 30 day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. And then you can be like Chris Bailey and go all the way back to the beginning of the ministry catalog. You can, you know, you can get with sympathy. You can get a mind is a terrible thing to taste. Um, the land of rape and honey. I know you would like that one, Chris Bailey, with the old stigmata on it. The land of rape and honey. You can. So I, I actually have my Amazon Music app open. Uh-huh. The last thing that I listened to was Veruca Salt, American Thighs album. Nice. Go, with with Seether. Um, so now that I've gotten that out of the way, we're also, like I said, dropping a whole bunch of James Bond content next week. We've got two Everyone Loves the Bad Guys of all the James Bond villains, parts one and two. We've got an old long road to ruin of the first three Daniel Craig Bonds, and then we've got a review from back in the day of Spectre, the fourth James um, Daniel Craig James Bond movie. Plus, we'll have reviews of The Many Saints of Newark, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, etc., etc., etc. Speaking of etc., Harry Broadhurst, I hear you do a bunch of shit when you're awake and taking on the world and fighting goblins and whatnot. Yeah, but that awake thing is the tricky bitch of it all. Um... <laughs> The wrestling podcast is currently on hiatus. Uh, that would be the reaction with Tony Acero, 411 Mania. We hope to return sometime around Survivor Series is the current plan. Um, here on the W2 Network, it is the kickoff. Myself, Eric Watkins, and Kennedy Eddings host as we discuss everything related to the worlds of college and professional football. That's the kickoff. That's usually every Wednesday. Gets posted Thursday, uh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, depending on when we wrap and when Eric gets around to being able to do so. And then, uh, should we give him the deep tease here, Mark, or do you want to wait until we have something more, a little bit uh, firm in mind for our let, conversation? Let's wait until we have an actual like plan. All right. Let's say we'll go back to the '90s, the mid '90s. Sure. All right, folks. Here. 
here oh, on the Rattelation Podcasting Network. Uh, real quick, before I go, can I uh, can I make a quick dedication? You can do anything you want, Harry Broadhurst. This is America. All right. Uh, not sure if you guys saw or not. Do uh, you remember Tajiri's group with the, the cruiserweights back in 2003? Yes, sir. Um, rest in peace, Ryan Sakota. Oh, yes, rest in peace. Hey, tell him, uh, I, I hear you're going to hell, Chris Bailey. Well, I'm glad you asked, Mark Radlich. <clears throat> it's uh, Superblog Team Up returns for October 27th for Superblog Team Up Goes to Hell. So if you belong in hell, if you are a hell boy, if you're a ghostwriter or any of his buddies, chances are we could be talking about you. And all the blogs and some of the podcasts from around the blogosphere get together for one event. Hit up Twitter on, on October 27th. Key in the old hashtag, hashtag Superblog Team Up or hashtag SBTU and join in all the fun. That Superblog Team Up, October 27th. And while you're not listening to some go-to-hell stuff, you can actually bore yourself to hell. I mean, uh, uh, not, not bore yourself. <laughs> You'll actually enjoy yourself listening to the other podcast all discussing ElfQuest, which is our ElfQuest <laughs> epic podcast called Quester Days. What a sell job of his own podcast. Hey, I, I know it's not the coolest thing in the world. It's only for the, the niche audience, the ElfQuest fans who are cool enough to read great fantasy. So Quester Days, search that, it up on the Chris and Reggie Network. That, that might be the first time I've seen somebody hatchet job their own podcast. That's not a hatchet job. I, 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 Juan, I, I you don't listen. To, you don't niche. listen. You don't listen to enough Robert Winfrey. Speaking of hatcheting his own podcast, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> That's it for me. All right, all right, folks. Thanks for listening to our review of WWE Extreme Rules. We'll be back for Crown Jewel uh, for Harry Broadhurst for Chris Bailey. I'm Mark Radledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>